We're losing! Teamwork, guys, more teamwork. They're burying us alive! Eddie Shore? Oh, piss on Eddie Shore. Old-time hockey? Piss on old-time hockey! You're blowing it! And now, Between the Stammers, your unofficial Canucks cast. Here's Art and Caleb. Yes, I know, I'm sorry, we're late. Between the Stammers is back, though. It's a Thursday, Friday, October 11th. Uh, Bo Horvat is the new captain of the Canucks. The Canucks celebrate their first win of the season, also celebrating their 50th anniversary. Art, why are we late? We're going to point the finger right away. I'm just asking. I'm wondering why, why we're late this week. Well, I'm not feeling up to snuff, I will say. Yeah, what happened there? Uh, I don't know. This cold that's going around, head cold. You know in Home Alone where... Uh, Kevin comes into his brother's uh, room and he's like, don't you know how to knock Flemwad? Yeah. That's me. I'm Flemwad. You're Flemwad. I heard an entirely different story. Okay. I heard you're running up the stairs with a boner. You tripped, fell, and landed on your boner and yeah. it squeezed into the stair causing you to bruise your penis. It's an interesting story. Yeah, it's going around the office, man. Okay. What, Zach, what did you hear? I, I just heard the Flemwad story, but this is this is a new story to my ears. So you, you're all right? Everything's good down there? Everything's good downstairs, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was just a little concerned. Uh, yeah, so to kind of fill in for me, because I'm at like 55%, I would say, Zach Scott's here to uh, fill in for me. Zach Scott, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for uh, having me on the show, guys. I like your show. Listen every week. Dude, well, thank you for coming here. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, oh, really? uh, what you do, do here, and uh, what you think the Canucks are going to be like this year. Uh, well, I uh, I have the misfortune of working with you guys. Oh, uh, really? I heard differently. You've heard a lot of things differently <laughs> over the last couple of days, Kerb. Uh No, but fellow Canucks fan, and uh, I think the Canucks are going to be great this year. Um I like how big they are. I like how fast they are. And I like the depth. You know, when Troy Stetcher is your sixth defenseman, things are things are going in the right direction. So playoffs or not, no playoffs, Zach? Yeah, I'm in on playoffs. The, Paci- the Pacific Division is, is so weak. There's a real opportunity there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think so as well. Art has been on record thinking that the Canucks are going to finish just shy of making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. What do you say to that, Zach? Why are they're like, like LA's terrible? Look at the start the Sharks have had. Who knows what's going to go on there? The mm-hmm. Oilers can't keep it up. Mm-hmm. I just uh, think they're going to be just a little bit short of the playoffs. That doesn't mean it's going to be a bad season or we won't have fun watching the season. I just think they might pull up just a little bit short. Um, kind of like me these last couple of days. Yeah, kind of like you these last couple of days. No more running upstairs, Art. Uh, okay, let's start with uh, the home opener. The 50th anniversary, the Canucks rolled out the red carpet. They also named their captain. What did you guys think of that ceremony? Go for it, Kerb. Okay, well, full disclosure. Oh, no. I had you to work. were walking up the stairs as well. <laughs> yeah, I was running up the stairs as well. No, I, um, I actually had to work that night doing Royals hockey, so I caught all this stuff a little bit later. I caught up with this game a little bit later. Um, and I got to see most of the opening. Um, I actually, like, for how much I trashed this last week, 
And I'm still on that train of like, I don't need the pageantry that they threw around to name this captain. I did like well up a little bit seeing guys like McLean come out in full gear, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Brown, Vaughn, like catcher and blocker, mm-hmm. old school mask, mm-hmm. Hespeler stick, which like who's seen a Hespeler stick in like the last decade? Totally. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Bertuzzi, man, getting the pop, like. All that stuff is is really really cool. I do still feel it's it's just a little hokey. I mean, I know it's the fiftieth season, but it's just like let's just win, please. <laughs> yeah, you know. So overall, I'm um I guess I'm okay with it with the way they did it, but I'd still rather them just be like, here's our captain, let's get to work. Fifty's a landmark, so I get it. Zach, what'd you think of it? Yeah, I mean, they got to do something. It's all we have. There's nothing else to celebrate. Um, yeah, I thought it was awesome seeing seeing Bert come out and McLean. I like that they like went all the way. I like that they put the you know he was all kitted up with his gear and yeah, that was cool. That was just like an extra touch that I thought was really good. Um, yeah, despite the buildup, I really like how the on ice uh, captaincy ceremony went. Mm-hmm. It was like quick. It was cool. There was Orlan. You had Henrik. Um, no Trevor Linden. Yeah, no Trev. Yeah, what no Trev. but I think, think it was he was missing. It was it was meant as like players representing eras, right? So how to have Kirk McLean in that black skate jersey and represent that era of Canucks? I think they were like happy with with just doing that, dude. But like, when go when, back you're, in time, when you're naming a captain, you probably want to have Trevor that Trevor white, Mc, like McCall era, uh, Orca Bay jersey. Ugly. Yeah. So brutal. Yeah. It's so <laughs> ugly. Like, I, I just remembered seeing it, and I'm just like, man, like, people bought these yeah. for, that, like, hundreds of dollars. That silver satin stripe. Ugh. It's just the worst. It's like those those uh, OG Nashville jerseys. Yeah, man, those are hideous. Oh. Yeah. Trevor Linden, you can't, you can't be parading him out all the time. You got to be – you got to preserve his Well, value. especially since they just fired him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, it's like he's, he's like, the greatest Canuck – Ever so, if you're parading him out for every ceremony, it kind of gets old, you know. And he's coming back for what Sedin week or something. They say, yeah, it's true. Later in the, you know, so. But like, we're talking about the half century mark. They rolled out the red carpet. You'd think he. Yeah, no, but home, I mean, it's that's, just the home opener. You know how many celebrations they're gonna have this year for the fiftieth? They're exactly. gonna have all sorts of crazy different nights. People doing this, people doing that. They don't want to like play the deck all at once. True, but right? this also was the captain's And scene, and right? I I feel like if you're gonna if you're gonna um uh, unload a guy like Trevor save him for the back end. Give him give this fan base and these people as much time. Time heals all wounds, right? Give him as much time to bring this guy out and and show him off again. It'll just be a bigger pop when he does come out. Like we'll all be <laughs> so ready to see Trevor and we'll just lose our minds. As far as like it was a captaincy thing, therefore Trevor should have been there. I, I think it's fine because you had Henrik there. Yeah. Henrik's like a rad. It goes Trevor and then Henrik. Like, and he's the guy to pass Drake. it on, right? Like yeah. the symbolism of the last captain to pass it on to the to the next captain. Like, um, And I think that's probably why those other guys were there rather than, um, you know, like your, your Trevor Linden as, as that symbol. Yeah. You know, you had your first captain there for the Canucks franchise and then you had – the captain who was right before for Bo. But, again, I, I question all this stuff. Because, like, <laughs> I just, for as much as, like, it made me well up seeing Bert. I love Bert. Always have. He's one of my favorite Canucks ever. Um, 
like, can we win? Get on with the show. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. Can we just drop yeah. the puck, play like a bunch of assholes and win some games here? This might be a tough year for you then, man, because you're right. They, they are going to do a lot of celebrations. There was more. They ratcheted it up last year. Oh, There's going to be a lot of uh, a, a lot of a lot of entertainment value. This yeah, year. like I do. Like, and I said this last week. Like, I do not care about like the DJ or any of that. Like, I want this Canucks team to be mean and kick some ass. I don't care about like the selling music. I don't care about stanchion lighting, or any of that shit. Like, I want the entertainment to be on the ice um, when the puck drops. And when the buzzer sounds, and that should be the main reason why people are going to Canucks games this season. Okay, so Bo, Bo Horvat was named the captain, which I think a lot of us predicted, Caleb Kirby included. Uh, just, Art was on the fence. <laughs> no, I didn't. I, I predicted that it would be Bo. You were like Petey as well. You're like, yeah, it could be Petey. Well, I just wanted to, you know, put a little suspense in it to, to you know, people... Get people listening and watching. Maybe that's why you you fell off the fence. Mm-hmm. Fell off the fence. <laughs> that's what happened. Well, are you happy with Bo being the captain? <clears throat> yeah, Art? absolutely. Yeah, well, I'm, I was on the fence about it. So, <laughs> 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 uh, are you happy with Bo Horvat being the captain? Yeah, of course. I mean, the guy, the guy, the guy does it all and fills in all the other the gaps, and it just gives PD. It takes just that you know a little bit more pressure off PD. Not that he can't handle pressure. But there's just there's no rush for him to like fill all those roles and talk to the media, which they're all gonna want to do anyways, um, and it just allows Bo to like go and do other stuff while Petey and Besser lighting the lamp. Like yeah. it's it's good. Yeah, Kirby's happy with this, obviously. Zach, you might have to eat that mic a little bit more. Just, Got it. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, I'm happy with it. I think. Um, you know, it's it's exactly what they were planning, and we I think we all saw that video, hey, of them basically saying Bo was going to be the captain to the room before they they did the announcement. And I really yeah. loved what I saw on that video. I I love how like immediately like a lot of the guys who are just like rad on Canucks Twitter, like Haunty and uh, the Stanchion, were just talking like uh, they're grading the hugs. And while that video was happening, I was actually doing that myself, just being like, dude, Brock knows how to hug, man. Getting that lower hand on the back, giving the rub. Like, that <laughs> yeah. was it. That was like a hug of love, you know? And um, I, I totally think Bo deserves it. And that guy's got so much respect in that room that he's going to be a great captain for years to come. Yeah. It uh, was pretty cool what happened afterwards an 8 2 win over the Kings. And I was joking to Kirby before. The game, I was like, if they can't beat the Kings in this situation right here, we might as well just end the season now. It was a rout. And the reason I said that was because the Kings had played the night before. Yeah. The Canucks hadn't won yet. This was their home opener. They had to win this game. They were ripe for the picking. And they were also coming off that really shitty 3 nothing loss to Calgary. Yeah. Which I wish I would not watched because that game was fucking brutal to watch. Guys, what the <laughs> hell is up with Drew Doughty? He's already being like an asshole this season, hey? This, this is what makes Drew Gowdy good, though. So yeah. if, you didn't, if you didn't catch it, after the game, he was asked about the game, obviously, and how they got blown out. And his, his response was, I think, something along the lines of, it was fucking embarrassing. We should not be losing like this to a team like that. I mean, he clearly hasn't looked at his own roster in a while, but... Well, he had a little sand in his crack the night before with Matthew Kachuk as well. Like, he's just like bitch moaning and complaining about every other team in the in the Pacific. And honestly, like, I think his team is probably going to be the worst uh, team this year. Them and, like, Anaheim, even though Anaheim's, like, 4-0 somehow. This is the same guy that bitched about Brett Burns being a Norris Trophy candidate. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's just the way he plays. I love him. 
I'll take I take Drew Doughty any day of the week. I love I love the anger. I love his his hostility, and but I'm curious at what point this year it's going to be like the Drew Doughty like look at yourself in the mirror Dude. and like just acknowledge how shitty your team I'm, is because well, LA is going to be they're so thin and and Jonathan Quick's not going to start Dude. 65 games like they're they are they are in rough shape. That's where I'm going with this is like this guy seems like he's already going to have a meltdown. Yeah. You know, like we're what? How many games are the Kings in? Three as well? Yeah. Two or uh, three or four? Yeah. And he's already like just bitching about this. And like he's not the captain of that team. Right. And he's coming out and he's saying this shit in the press. And it's just like, strap in, bud, because like your year, it's going to be probably not going to be that smooth. (laughs) Yeah. You know, you got Kovalchuk on that team. Like that team's just full of old dudes Kovalchuk, Carter. Yeah. uh, Kopitar. Doughty's like one of the youngest guys on the team. Brown, quick. Like, Past its prime, man. This is like leaving Turkey out Thanksgiving. We're Thanksgiving episode. <laughs> leaving uh, Thanksgiving turkey out, you know, for like a week and trying to make a sandwich out of it. This team's going to be crap yeah. all season long. Yeah, not even Ben Hutton can uh, can save that one. <laughs> Maybe that's a marker of why. How yeah. do you know? Yeah. You know? When Ben's a good pickup for you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, obviously, you like the Canucks during this game. Scoring eight goals. Was that a surprise to you, scoring eight goals? Eight goals was definitely – dude, we got three goals off the back end. Yeah. The very first goal of the game scored by <laughs> Quinn Hughes, a rocket from the back end. I think that uh, answers my question is if he has a shot that's big enough for the point on the power play. I think yeah. that answers the question right there. Um, there was a lot of things to like about that play with Quinn Hughes. First off, he got that zone entry all by himself. Yeah. That pass to Godet was sick, Yeah. right? then pass to Pearson, then back up to Hughes, and Hughes just absolutely slams that one in the net. Like, this guy is making players around him better, and he's going to make our D better. Like, it, later on in that game, that Tanev goal, yeah. that's all Quinn Hughes. You know? Yeah. Getting that puck over, hitting Tanev right on the table. All Tanev had to do was be there. Like, a pylon could have honestly scorned that goal. Yeah. And, like, he's already proving that, He's going to make this defense better as a whole. Three goals from the D from the Canucks. When's the last time that happened? That was nuts. I, I wasn't sure what we were watching. Like on that Tanev goal, like watching the breakout, and there's like, I was like, holy crap, that's that's Tanev and Hughes? Like what? Yeah, yeah. Like what? Like leading the charge? Yeah. And that was, I without even realizing it, I'd like kind of stood up from from the couch when that one happened. I was like, are you kidding me? Uh, like, yeah, goals goals from the back end? Where have those been? This is just the biggest rarity, and I hope it continues to happen. Like, I really, really hope. I, I've said a, a few times, I don't know if I've said it on the podcast, but, like, I feel like if the Canucks can score three a game or average three a game, like, they have a real good shot to make the playoffs. But the goal scoring has to come from somewhere. Eight goals, three from the defense in that game. Granted, the Kings did play the night before, mm-hmm. but it's just, like, if we can keep that type of scoring pace up and if our D can honestly contribute and not just the assist – department but the goal scoring department canucks could be a really good team this year unsung hero the penalty kill yeah they haven't given up a penalty yeah or a power or they haven't given up a power play goal this year yeah yeah who do you give credit to there they're 10 for 10 on the pk you got to give credit to everybody on the penalty kill you know a lot of it and, and i think brandon sutter has been really good brandon has sutter. he not 
Yeah, Brandon Sutter. Is that uh, what you were waiting for? Were yeah. you waiting for me to say Sutter? You kind of <laughs> you got this shit eater grin on your face now, like you were baiting me with a hook there. Uh, Brandon Sutter had uh, three points as well last night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he. Uh, well, Wednesday. He, he uh, on Wednesday. Sorry, yeah. he has done. Uh, he's done some pretty good work this year so far. Do you think it's like pressures off because he's on the wing and he can just like, like when he doesn't have too much to worry about? Brandon Sutter's better. Like why? Why is he? Why is he off to a good start? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, playing on the wing, I think maybe takes a little bit of pressure off him there with Gaudet. Uh, I think it definitely takes some pressure off him. Um, just from a playmaking aspect, like a uh, Gaudet is a guy who's got the offensive tools to kind of dish a little bit better than Sutter. That's Sutter's biggest knock is that like he's an offensive black hole for making plays. And, um, you know, on the wing, all he has to do is get to the right spot and get ready to crank it. And defensively, he's always been sound. So we don't need to worry about that guy coming back or even switching to more of a center role um, before they break out of the zone. Like, I I think it's interesting, right? Like, at the beginning of the season, we talked about how, how Sutter and Beagle um, should be on that fourth line alone. But, like, Travis Green's kind of being like, well, you know, Sutter with God dead isn't isn't a bad option so far. I mean, granted, it's like the floodgates finally open, but uh, Mr. Pilates, he's he's outshining a lot of people's expectations already. Uh, Travis Green was asked about Brandon Sutter's play after the game, and he had some interesting comments. Well, it's nice to see. There's been a lot of people in this city trying to run Brandon Sutter out of town, I think. And, uh, you know, he's a good character player, cares about his teammates, cares about winning. Uh, you know, We'll play wherever you put him. Does a lot of jobs that don't get a lot of credit. And uh, it's nice to see uh, him have a good night. I like him with Gaudet, too. I, I think it stabilizes that line a little bit. And uh, well, it's one game, but it was nice to see. I assume he means picking up the dry cleaning and uh, picking up after everybody. Those, those are the uh, jobs that nobody knows that he does. Right. Are, that's a little mean. You've been you've been harder on him than I have on this podcast. I mean, they got Louis Erickson for that, anyways, right? He didn't even play in that game, dude. How mad would you be sitting on the sidelines of that game and watching another team route everybody? Everybody got on the score sheet basically, and Louis up in the press box being like, uh, "Maybe I, uh, maybe I am not that good." Yeah, uh, there's no there's no opportunities coming his way anytime soon. Ah, it's just like. Yeah, not until somebody absolutely farms it. And uh, I thought everybody had a, a, a decent night. But, like, JT Miller, obviously, with his four points, he stood out. That guy did a lot of what great a things. beast. That guy on the wall was incredible. He just – yeah. he dictates the play. And, and you know, I, I think it was on one of the later goals. It was, it was in, like, the third period. He, like, picked the puck up in the neutral zone. And he just, like, chipped it over top of the defenseman. And and just like chased it down with with his speed, and I was like, that sort of like tenacity and and pushing the play, that has like not been a staple of Canucks hockey during this this recent dark period. I was so stoked when I saw. I've loved uh, J T. Miller for a long time. He's been helping me uh, be competitive in my fantasy hockey pools for <laughs> a, a number of years. I was wondering how long it was going to take for you to bring up your fantasy hockey pool. I love, I love that. <laughs> and I love JT Miller. And it, but seriously though, that type of, that type of player, it's so nice to have it. And at this point worth the first round pick. Oh, absolutely. And I, I and I think, uh, he adds a different dimension to this team that we haven't seen for a long time. The Canucks in the last few seasons have been really run and gun, but now we can actually establish some, 
uh, forechecking pressure and create cycles, right, with both those top two lines. And I think those cycles are going to get better throughout the year. And Miller, to me, is a big, big uh, piece for that to be successful. Um, it doesn't matter what line he's on. So They moved him up to the first line. Yeah. What did you think of that move? I thought it was great. You can go wherever – he can go wherever he wants on this team, in my opinion, yeah. and, and make an impact. Um, Levo getting the chance to come up to the second line is a great uh, thing, too, because I think Levo's a good player. He had a good game. You know? The home opener. And, and everybody, like, everybody's kind of glossing over this fact, but, like, Furland isn't really ready, you know? And, and we didn't see the chemistry of that line in preseason because we didn't have a chance to. What with, with Besser going out and, and Furland getting sick and losing, like, I don't know how many pounds, but, like, I think if we give Furland a chance to get going, he's going to get going. Yeah, because we haven't even seen like I've been at, at the very least I've been curious like where's his crash and bang like where's the nastiness? Yeah, you think that would that that that's supposed to be like a staple of his game? The goal scoring was like an added bonus. Yeah, well, I mean, I saw I think I saw a little hints of that in the Calgary game more so than any other one because I think the expectations were there too. Like he's like right, I got to right. go out and lay somebody out on my former team or and or whatever. But um, we haven't seen the best of Furlan yet, not by a long shot. I can't wait to see him and Roussel on a line when it's like heated and late in the game and it matters and they just go and wreak havoc. Yeah, like could you imagine even if the Canucks do something like with the lineup they have right now, if they keep Vertan and Sutter with Goddard and then they have a line of like Beagle, Roussel, and Furlan as their fourth. Like that that to me is just balance. Yeah. You know? Oh, it'd be terrible. You're coming over the boards and you gotta face those guys. Like Yeah. Art, what do you think? Who are you all hot and horny for? Well, Quinn Hughes, clearly. He's been the best player for the Canucks in the three three games so far. And I think, I don't even know if it's close. He's Every time the kid touches the puck, something good happens. Yeah. And it's really nice to see that. He's a unicorn. <clears throat> it's so crazy watching Canucks hockey and seeing something we've just absolutely never seen before. Yeah. To see a defenseman like that on this team, it's just I I, I keep wondering like when it's going to be over because it can't be it can't be real. Are you are you concerned about PD and Bess? Uh, no, no, no. Uh, you PD, think they'll get going? PD got on the score sheet there. Yeah. Uh, Brock, I think, is still a little tentative. You can see that. Uh, I think his willingness to shoot the puck is still there, though. So he'll be fine. He'll he'll get it going. I I really 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 like. Uh, this Newell, Brain, Newell Brown power play is pissing me off, okay. and I would really like to see uh, Myers and Quinn with Brock and Petey and Miller on that first unit. Miller up in front of the net. Myers um, with the ability so to not take, only one-time it. Sorry, go ahead. You would take off Horvat. You would take off Edler, and you'd put, off, you'd put in Myers and Hughes. Yeah, and, and there, my reason being um, Myers – is right-handed, so he can get that one-time pass over to a guy like Brock to rip it from that circle way better than a guy like Edler can with a backhand pass. And then Quinn Hughes is so dynamic back there, he's going to distract almost everybody. And, like, not only can Quinn Hughes blast it, but Myers is the option to blast it and feed it to the opposite side of the ice. And I really think having a right-hander back on that point makes makes a difference. You have the two guys on the back, you have the two guys on the wall slash flanks in the circles, and then you get the one guy up front there to try and muck it up. I want to see that from this power play. Uh, the power play to me is just, it's still the biggest bane of my existence so far um, going into this year, even that, though it's early. That drop, that drop pass is still hard to watch. And it was uh, and it was a problem in Calgary, right? 
they couldn't get anything. Like, I don't know how many times I'm like, okay, well, let's get a, let's get a power play goal yeah. and get us back in the game. Oh, it's the biggest problem in Calgary by, by a country mile, right? Yeah. That game was terrible. Man, I hated that game. I want to go back <laughs> and just erase watching that game. Well, they, they came out pretty good in the, in the first, had a horrible second, and then didn't turn it on until the final 10 in that Calgary game. So, I mean, who knows? Like, I, it's just good to see them get going in the opener. I think they're a better team than the, what they showed in Calgary. I mean, I didn't think the, the home opener, I mean, the season opener against Edmonton was all that bad. I thought they were the better team, right? They just couldn't get it done there. Yeah. But three games in, I like what I see from this Canucks team as a whole. You do? Yeah. I think overall, the, except for the power play, I, I like Newell Brown to me is is not very useful. I'd like to see a fresh approach to this, and 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 the stubbornness to take off a guy like Edler off that top unit just blows my mind. Oh, Edler made some play again. I can't you can't be critical of a team that that uh, won eight to two, but there were some plays that Edler made last game. Again, he does it every game. It drives me nuts. Like passing into players skates just like just oh boneheaded plays that goalie jarred was nice though it was a bit of a knuckler hey from yeah, that the, pass the dip but to get as much wood on it as he did like that's no easy feat on a bobbling puck like that oh he's got skills and he's you know i guess the canucks best defenseman right now but uh like when he got caught flat-footed on that play too and took a penalty i was just like this is that's just classic edler he makes those type of plays that just drive me nuts just drive me nuts and he was full Edlering it in the Calgary game as well. <laughs> uh, anyways, I've had my problems with Alex Edler on this podcast, so I'll just keep nice. Uh, nice to see Markstrom be steady to start here. Like I, I think it's for me, it's a little too early to get excited and say, "Hey, like the Markstrom from the back half of last year is back and everything's good." Um, but it's just nice how. He's not being talked about right now. Yeah, I think Marky's been super consistent. Um, I think the one thing about Marky that's hurting him right now is his choice in mask for this season. What is going on on that left side? I don't with the tongue. What is? What I, is it? I don't know what. Like, dude has. I like the ears mask probably the best still, and I know a lot of people don't like the ears I'm mask. Not a fan of the ears. I like it. Um, I like it. But like this new one. There's no negative space in it to really highlight what this thing is. It's just like a blue blob on top of a green blob. There's no, like, white outline to separate it and stuff like that. And as a guy who, like, likes, uh, I guess, visual art and and that sort of stuff, I'm not saying the mask is poorly painted because it's not, but just, like, from a design standpoint, it, it's hard to really make out what that thing is on his, on his mask. Is it just like a... A, green, a blue blob with a tongue coming out of its mouth? Is that what it's supposed to be? Serpent? Is it supposed to be like Venom I think from it's the comics? It's like with the cartoon tongue, I was almost thinking like a Ghostbusters thing. Like, <laughs> yeah. Is it like a blue ghost? So if anybody knows so that's just... if anybody knows what Jacob Markstrom's mask is supposed to be, could you please tweet at Between the S and give us a hint? Because none of us can figure it out. And it's it's becoming a mystery. We're three games in, and this is one of the biggest mysteries for the Canucks. This and how to fix the power play, of course. Yeah. Art's looking it up on his phone right now. Oh, just I was just uh, <clears throat> yeah, looking to see what it looked like because I don't really pay that much attention to the masks. Oh, dude, I love NHL. I love 
goalie gear in general. I love like how goalies go with it stylistically and 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 you know like there's so much talk around goalies pads being white versus like being the colors of their team and how that can affect like their goals against average because like the darker pads look smaller versus like the white pads really? which yeah like there's like proven like metrics behind some of this stuff and it and it it got a lot of goalies to switch to white a few years ago and then like a couple years uh later guys like Corey Crawford were like no I'm going to black pads like they just look sick you know uh Jake Allen did his like blue with like the yellow knees yeah for the blues and stuff and uh, but there is like some data that suggests that white goaltending like equipment pads especially um help make you look bigger in the net because of the white background of the boards and and the white netting all all together right I wondered about that because yeah, those black pads look uh, look so sharp. Yeah, Art's just completely checked out of the uh, <laughs> goaltending conversation. No, he's I used... putting ointment on his uh, well, how, injury. How long can can they go uh, before Demko needs to start? How long do you yeah, do you question. stick with it? Good question. I think the next back to back clearly will be the will be the decider on uh, when Demko gets to start next. Uh, Canucks yeah. next game early morning. On Saturday, which is by the time this podcast gets out and you're probably listening to it, that game's probably already by the by. What do you think? Philadelphia? Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, Philadelphia is a good team, and I think uh, Canucks will have their hands full. Do you think Philly has a shot to make the playoffs this year? Yeah. Yeah? I do. I mean, it'll, it'll, it'll go down to their goaltending. Yeah. That's, Dude, that Carter Hart save, how about that one? Yeah. Off nice. Taylor Hall? That was, that was nice. nice. That, that was, was unreal. Nice. You yeah. don't see a lot of those types of saves in the NHL anymore because just goalies are in such great position now. Yeah. You have to get out of position. But, I mean, that like was that. like a five-on-three, yeah. right? And, uh, like, he was caught out just because there's so many more guys on the ice. But just to see, like, and we've had the privilege of seeing uh, Carter Hart as an Everett ever Silvertip come to Victoria numerous times and him just be, like, an absolute wall. Saw him in the uh, World Juniors. Um, but man, that push that he made with his right pad to get from that one post over to the left and, and flash that leather, that save was unreal. Those are the type like of save of the year there. candidates that yeah. I always hope win because Same. it wasn't just like blind luck. You just yeah. didn't spin around and like, yeah. oh, the puck hit you. Like, like, du- like Dubnik's earlier, right? Yeah. Remember yeah. that Dubnik save that everybody was all hot and horny about a week no. ago? Yeah. Carter Hart, like. Had knew what he was doing yeah. and just like reacted and made a sick save. I think the Canucks have to win this game because I think, uh, I think Phillies run ragged. I was listening to an interview with a guy who covers Philly and he was just breaking down how rough their travel's been to start this year. Yeah, like they were over in Europe and now I guess they got back from that trip. They were home for like a day and a bit. Then it's out to the West Coast. So we got to take advantage of this. It's like it's like L.A. on the on the back to back and and they're not. Um, like, like Philly's not up to speed yet either. Like they've, they've only got, played two games, and they're adjusting yeah. to a new coach, right? Yeah. Like having Elaine Vigneault over the, over there, he's going to change some systems up. He's going to do a lot of things to try and make that team better because they haven't been able to get it done. Um, I totally agree. Um, and actually, the Canucks, like their schedule last year, was a meat grinder, and it was kind of compressed because of like the the World Juniors coming to Vancouver, coming to Victoria, forcing them out of their building to go on a longer roadie there. Yeah. Um, this year, I think they they are going to be the benefactor of an easier schedule and a lot more teams finishing off their road trips or having to make that travel and being a little weary. And these are the games that like, I'm with you that they they should win. 
even though the start time is earlier. Let's go around the NHL. <clears throat> Any surprises so far in the first, I guess, some teams have played four games. Lots of teams have played three games. What's surprised you so far? Anaheim to me. They're 4-0. Yeah. That's crazy. I thought they were going to be just absolute, like, neat. Actually, they're 3-1 and because they lost last night. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, 3-1. Yeah. and one. Yeah. They yeah, lost, I mean, James, James Neal, obviously, reaching his goal total from last year already. I, I, you know what? I, I kind of saw that coming. I, I, I felt like he was going to have a good season this year. James, he's too consistent, he's man. A good like, player. Yeah. Look at his career yeah. over time, and he can slot on almost, almost every, almost any team, and and be the effective player he's been, right? Um, I thought it was very cool to see Patrick Marlowe drag the Sharks out of the sludge last night and get a win. What a story! How cool is that, right? Yeah, yeah. So the. The Sharks got their uh, got their first win of the season last night, and uh, Patrick Marlowe helped out there. He they signed him to a one year contract. Yeah, um, he was a free agent. Anybody could have grabbed him. So that's uh, he probably wanted to play in San Jose. So that's why it took so long. Yeah, for them to put something together. Um, and the Habs have been better than I thought they were going to look. Um. They got a lot of young, hungry guys on that team that want to make an impact. They're kind of like they only finished one point out of a playoff spot last year. I know, That's I thought, crazy. but I thought they they might be even in in tougher waters this year. And like they're already showing that they got a lot of young, hungry guys who are the future stars of that team. Carolina Hurricanes four and zero to start the year. Not surprised. surprised. Not surprised. Yeah, they're going for it. That team is that team is awesome, dude. Like that team's back end is very very well built. And like if you have a if you have a back end that good, you're not gonna have a problem getting into the playoffs. Yeah. Uh Buffalo. Buffalo, three and zero to start the year. There they go. There goes Jack Eichel. This is the second year in three a row though that they've they've yeah. started hot. And I, I kinda wonder about Buffalo. I think they got some holes to them. Well, they're younger. Yeah. I, I think they still uh that Eichel goal in the shootout was nice. Or, or in the uh in overtime to beat uh Montreal last game was pretty nice. Uh, I'm not surprised by the Sabres. I think the Sabres will be better this year than they were last year. Do you sure. think the Sabres yeah. will make the playoffs? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, how about the Oilers starting 4-0? It's not going to last. Yeah. You think that's a fluke? I don't think it's a fluke. I just don't think it's going to last. I think Connor McDavid can win you four games in a row <laughs> a couple times a year. Canucks should, should have beat them <laughs> in, that, in that season opener. Like, they were the Canucks were the better team. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Zach, you're right. When you got like McDavid and Drysaddle, and now a guy like Neil who's gelling as well with that team, like they they can cause other teams fits. But that defense isn't there, and that goaltending isn't going to last throughout the year. There's no way in hell. Talking about defense, uh, Winnipeg seems to be making it work, but that's that's so wild how decimated that 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 back end is. And now there's like little question marks about Hellebuck too. Yeah, I think he's really under fire over there. Like, I, I think that guy's been kind of the whipping boy for this team so far to start the year off. And, like, when I hear all these questions about Hellebuck, I'm like, dude, like, look who's in front of him now. Like, how is how is he getting the blame for that? Yeah. Yeah. No. He, uh, I mean, they lost Myers. They lost uh, Truba. Yeah. Sherratt. Yeah, so that's, yeah. Yeah, your, your best D-man back there is Morrissey now. Yeah. And know? he missed a game, too. Yeah. So yeah. he was back last game, though. Is, Buff- is Buffalo back Buff- there? No, no, not no. yet. Not yet. Yeah, so there yeah. you go. Yeah, there you go. Didn't even think of that. Line so. A did his part last night, though, with four point night. 
That was a nice assist he had on the uh, Connor goal. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's Katy Perry, though. He's hot and cold, man. Like, that guy, <laughs> he's just seriously the most streaky player in the league. Like, so what, that's why when everybody's like, oh, would you trade Brock for, for Line A? I'm like, pound it, man. Like, no way would I ever do that. Mm-hmm. Brock, Brock at least tries out there every night. You can't say that for Liney. Sometimes he's just dogging his ass up and down the ice, and you're like, like, who is this guy? Yeah. He seems like he only plays when he wants to. That's really all I have for today, Curb. You got anything else you want to talk about? That was quick, eh? Quick and sick. Yeah, I'm sick. There's no doubt about that. Oh, yeah. uh, here's one thing I want to say. Apologies to Eric Carlson for what I said at the end of last podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I made fun of him not being there to start the season for San Jose, and then, well, I wasn't here to start the season for Between the Stammers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's fair. Uh, congratulations on the birth of your child. Yeah, man. Carlson. Big news. That's a that's a that's huge for them. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. So there, Canucks name a captain. They get their first win of the season. They roll out the red carpet for their fiftieth anniversary. We get to see Kirk McLean in awesome gear. Uh Todd Bertuzzi as well. Looking pretty good for how old he is now. Yeah. Um it was nice to see him out there. And I didn't expect when they said the West Coast Express or whatever, and then they brought him out. I was like, he was the last guy I thought they were going to roll out there. Well, you thought it was going to be BMO? Yeah, I thought it was going to be BMO, yeah. Bank of Montreal? Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah when's when's Nazzy coming over this year? Ah, uh, he'll be over. But I wonder for what night. Like, he'll, he'll definitely be over. Yeah, I don't know what night he'll be over for, but it's it's interesting. It'll be good to see him. Yeah. All right, Art, that's all you have. You need to rest up, get some Neo Citron in you. I'm yeah, surprised you're something. even here. I need something. Well, I didn't didn't want to miss three days of work in a row. Let me say this. Art is one of the best human beings I know. Oh, here we go. Seriously, he is. <laughs> this guy, he goes and contracts a virus. And this is the real story. He goes and he contracts <laughs> a virus helping two of his friends move on a Saturday, the day he has off. This guy is not only working here. He takes the time to come in, host the Between the Stammers podcast, obviously the most important part of his week. Clearly. And then he uh, does the news for the station. So that he's working. My job. He's working that hard. He's going to school outside of that to become a better person. And he's helping people move on the weekends. Ladies, this man is single. Oh, wow. Okay. He's ready to mingle. Slide into those DMs. Thank you for that, Caleb Kirby. I hey, was unexpected. Where, where can they find you? <laughs> DM me, at Hart Aronson, <laughs> on all socials. Uh, Zach, Scott, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, where, where can we find you on the internet? On Twitter. Oh, okay, we can find Fan you. Fan of the show. Nice. You find me in uh, under uh, people who've liked your show, I guess. Okay. Yeah. What cool. is my? I don't even know I don't what know my Twitter what your problem is. I don't even know what that. Is. <laughs> Caleb, who's clearly the most. Uh, uh, what am I trying to say? He's the person that you want to follow most on Twitter. I don't know about that. Yeah, clearly. Where Where can we find you on the internet? Uh you can find me at Curbman twenty three. You can tweet at us at between the s. And if you want to email us anything, we will answer it. I know I've been a little uh, a little late on some of these email answers. Uh, you can email us at betweenthestammers at gmail.com. Didn't we get an email last week? Yeah, and I farmed it. I, like, took forever to answer it. And, yeah. and like, yeah, I just 
Yeah. I got to get better at the email side of things, so I apologize for that. That's my apology for the week. Yeah, apologies to the Between the Stammers listeners as well who thought we were uh, we're going to put a podcast out on Wednesday or Thursday like we usually do, but instead it's Friday. It's my fault, and I apologize for this that. This is the most like Charmin soft ending to yeah. this podcast I've ever heard. Yeah, well, like, like, you're like saying yeah, all these nice things, and then the there's thing. like apologies. But because, and- because Art's so late, I'm actually going to give him 12 lashes with the cat of nine tails <laughs> as soon as we log off here. So get that shirt right. off, Art. Okay, I'm taking it off. Yeah, <laughs> thanks, guys. Sorry, Art Carlson.